As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea. Bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast for the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. I'm joined with a very special co-host today, Vince from Alfredo Size 3 Taco Truck, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast. How are you doing today, Vince? Good. That's me. I'm on that podcast. And you've also got your own content too, right? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel as well that's just my name, Vincent Kirkov. I figured that was worth mentioning because it's like you've got kind of dual sides of the content, the video stuff that's yours, and then, of course, the podcast, both very good, both very good resources for a lot of things we're going to talk about today, which is going to be a fun topic. But so, Vince, I think it's no secret now. Um, some time has passed. We're kind of letting the dust, su- dust settle and everything, but you won LVO this year. Yeah, it surprised everyone, including myself. <laughs> Hey man, that it's very exciting. Um, I was pulling for you the whole time as a shield player here at Hard, and not wanting to see, you know, some of these these brotherhood and like Avengers teams that have kind of dominated the last year off and on different ways, especially Avengers, not take it. I'm not even referring to the finals game. I'm just referring to the amount of brotherhood Avengers and myself guilty of X Men players that were there. Right. So Shield's a dark horse, and I always want the dark horse to win in games, if if at all possible. Honestly. Mm. You brought it home, which is very exciting. And you've got some really cool games that we'll talk about today a little bit. But today we're really going to talk about what your last year was like with Shields, what led you to where we are today. And I know you were in the past were a WebWare player. So it'd be kind of cool to cover your path from beginning of last year when Shield came out to now. You know, it's kind of like a year of like retrospective. So I'm just curious to get all your thoughts on that today. And maybe we just look at a Shield as a whole after we discuss our LVO content. Yeah, absolutely. Furious Finest is supported by Mr. Laser and Discount Games, Inc. Go to those websites for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Of course, this show could not run without our patrons at patreon.com slash Finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our Discord community and get access to the leagues and all the other fun stuff we do on there, consider supporting with a monthly contribution. We take this time to thank all our patrons for their support. This week, we have a new patron of the week. That is Randall. Thank you, Randall, for becoming a patron and supporting the show. And of course, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Rich, Jason, and Puyon. Thank you, Avengers team. Uh, you guys make stuff like this happen. Just keep the show going every week since the beginning. So it's, it's a very nice thing to have, and you guys uh, really keep us going. All right, let's get into our main topic today, Shield with Vince. Okay, Vince. So now we're going to dive right into your last year with shield, your story with shield. I'm, I know the listeners want to hear it just as much as me. I know you've covered some of this on your channels, but maybe we can kind of like just do a, just a timeline of the last year. Yeah, absolutely. And 
the content you'd have to go digging for. So, <laughs> so I was a Web Warriors player when I came into uh, Marvel. I got in right as Gwen was spoiled, and I had bought into Wakanda, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll play the control team. And then I saw Gwen, and I saw Lifesaver, and I was like, never mind, this is my yep. faction. And I played them up through Adepticon of last year. So I've been on S.H.I.E.L.D. just under a year at the time of recording. Sure. And I pulled out because you know what's even better than Lifesaver is Eye in the Sky. Every time. Almost the same effect, just better. That's funny. Yeah, very cool through thread there of you being enamored with Gwen's Lifesaver because it is very powerful. And yeah, that coming Mm -hmm. back every turn. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about Eye in the Sky a lot in this cast, uh, how powerful it is. But yeah, it is the lifeblood of S.H.I.E.L.D. Absolutely. So I left Web Warriors behind. I'm kind of glad I did. They've been struggling lately. There's like this new breed of model that is super fast, super durable, and super killy that just can like dive spiders without really repercussions. And so they can get at Gwen which is just not true of S.H.I.E.L.D. because Fury can protect himself with Eye in the Sky. And Fury's also very good at killing big things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that all makes sense. Um, yeah, it's not a very kind world for Web Warriors right now. Maybe that'll change in the coming months, but time will tell. I hope so. They're a cool faction. Yeah, very much so. Okay, so you've you've leaned into this idea of pursuing S.H.I.E.L.D. with the Eye in the Sky play. Were you interested in the gun line aspect of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Kind of. I was mostly there for, like, I had been a Web Warriors player. So, like, my initial reaction was to put a bunch of Web Warriors stuff in S.H.I.E.L.D. and then just play kind of extracty nonsense. Because when the grunts were spoiled, I actually misunderstood somebody telling me about how much I would like Fury. Because I was, like, at work and hadn't seen the spoilers yet. And somebody just texted me the uh, buy you time rule. Okay. Which is the grunts rule that lets them drop the objective. And I misunderstood it to be the leadership. And I was like, this is straight up the most broken faction in the game. Like, this cannot be a leadership. And (laughs) then they explained to me that it was just on the grunts. Right. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so that's definitely the direction this faction goes. And it wasn't until I had like 30 or 40 games with them that I realized that they were more of an attrition faction with like some extract tricks rather than a pure like extracts faction. Yeah. And I think you've helped the community get there with a lot of that, with the gunline stuff, because when I first played shield this year, I mean, I did a massive deep dive on shield. It was the same way. I was playing them like web warriors or maybe even the safer X-Men where it's like get up on extracts and then play kind of cagey and just slowly, you know, trickle the points. It's like stay above your opponent all game. That, Worked a lot early on, but when people didn't know what was going on with Shield, right? But then mm-hmm. as time went on, I was like, oh, this isn't going to work because people are figuring this out. Um, the extract lead only lasts so long. And I think you kind of have made a lot of good content in the community talking about how we've come to this place now with Shield where it's very much what you just said, like a attrition faction gunline defensive feature of a faction that has extract tricks, but they're not necessarily planning on getting extracts early, like all the extracts, right? Yeah. The more I've played shield, the more I just try not to participate in scenario on turn one. Like you pick up stuff, but you take no risks with it. Like I will not put a model on the center line. That's a thing that your faction does so that I can (laughs) shoot you. Right. Right. I like that. No, I like that a lot. And that gets your attrition running early, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I very much would like to put a whole bunch of damage out turn one. Okay, so that was a conclusion you came to kind of early, right? And didn't your list start changing when this was happening? Or yeah, so I would describe like my first like thirty games of Shield as let's play on wise scenarios, let's play Eye in the Sky as many times as possible because right, right, like that's where the strength is. Like let's just deny as many attacks as possible. That makes me as tanky as possible. 
and just like beat them on scenario because I've played a ton of scenario. But you run into problems there because shield has no stealing in faction. Their only way to take extracts off you is to kill you or to splash from outside matters at that time because Torch wasn't out yet. Right. And there were only three ways in the faction to move enemy models. <laughs> there was <laughs> right. Iron Man's Wild, Bucky's Spender, She-Hulk's Throw. Yep. So they were not super great at playing scenario. No, definitely not. Yeah. So I quickly realized that we were going to kind of pivot to this more attrition-y plan. And that also meant that I moved more towards using the losing side of the leadership, okay. which I think is the stronger part of the leadership. Like both sides of leadership are strong. It's like really non-obvious to me that the leadership is good. And that's also what kind of pushed me away from Venom because like the first thing I did was I slammed Venom in that list because Venom with aggressive is a silly thing. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with Venom and Shield as well. And in fact, in the Fury's Finest Discord League, we actually had a what if league this year and I drafted Fury first and my mm -hmm. first draft was Venom. Yeah. And turns out Venom in the what if league is even better because he's affiliated with Shield. So he's getting to use their cards. But um, yeah, I could see a big shift in that style to the attrition you're at now, which is a long range paper cut gun line type attrition, right? Mm -hmm. So Venom gets cut. Okay. So what happens when Venom gets cut? Wh which direction do you go? So I, I looked around a bunch for this. I was playing a lot of Shuri. So at the time, mm. so back in October, I think was the last time my list really like coalesced and I still had Venom in the list, Okay, but he was at that point, I just like didn't know what to put as my ninth character because the meta was really unfriendly to Venom. Like Venom wants to live in a world where he gets hit, they don't kill him, he counterattacks and heals a bunch and like blows them out. Like that's the world he wants to live in. And we were living in a world of like every list had Hulk or Malekith. Right. Who like reliably yes. like two shot Venom or can just like throw him out of the way. And so just like really problematic mm -hmm. uh, for him. And I left him in the list because he had this fun thing of like i was kind of known as a person that loved venom and that played venom a lot okay and he was one of only two throws in my list and it just got half my second wind opponents to play brace into a list that didn't have any throws right and so i just like left him in the roster and never played him at second wind okay and i was still playing on wide scenarios there and i because i hadn't really realized how important getting the surface area of the gun line onto my opponent's forces, like being able to focus all the fire in one spot, like okay. how important that had been. And I ended up doing very well at second wind. I lost to Mandalorian Orange, who has ended yeah. a bunch of my tournament runs. He's a great player. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's very good. <laughs> he's who I played in the Lone Star Open finals that got me my seat at uh lvo so yeah he did not make it easy with his guardians yeah he's very very good has think top eight at tts finals at least once he's very good all tracks yeah <laughs> what was he playing then was he playing guardians or was he playing the cabal malekith cabal at 14 which was like literally my disaster because the nightmare yeah yeah and i had at that point lost to like malekith one time hmm ever in like 10 games I had. And I was still like, Malekith is trash. You're all whiny. <laughs> <laughs> which, Until this game. Uh, which is, uh, was not true. It was a very hot take. <laughs> well, it's shield kind of stomped Malekith and Malekith also kind of attracted players that just like wanted to take their, just take their pieces and push them at you. Right. Especially at the higher threats, right? Like when the higher shield goes, I mean, they could really deal with Malekith in a lot of ways. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. But 
it's it was really I think it's really unintuitive that big boy meta is like strongest at low points. Yes, it feels weird. I actually have new players ask me about that all the time. Like, oh, I'm going to run a tall list, so I'm trying to take as high of threat of crises as possible, and then I tell them about how people run tall lists at medium to low threats and it's always they you always see their face like does not make sense you know but with how our priority and everything works it makes sense after you play it but yet it is very strange i think really the best way to explain it is it's just really easy for a list that at like 15 threat now can eliminate one or two of the opponent's pieces yeah and then suddenly their big boy isn't in threat anymore right uh, like it just becomes very hard for them to take it off the table. And I think a lot of that also has to do with like how big boy design has changed. Okay. Like early in the game, it felt like the large models, like back then, like old Hulk, who wasn't terribly good, but maybe a better example is old Modoc. Okay. Yeah. Modoc was very strong, really good at killing just about everything that existed in the game, but was very easily controlled. Right. Like, so you just kind of stayed away from him. You pushed him away. Uh, you kept your distance and it was really up to the opponent to play very well with their Modoc and like backstop him or front stop him in order to like get the most out of the character. And now big boys are just hyper fast action compression, super tanky. <laughs> yeah. You're referring to Malekith, Juggernaut, and Hulk in particular? Yeah. I mean, the, the things that are literally all over the place. It's like every list ever. Yeah. <laughs> more than half the invitational. Juggernaut was almost half the Invitational and Malekith was like a fourth of it. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> it was wild. Yeah. I'm happy. I had none on my list, but I, I understand why they're all there. They, they're they a force, you know? Yeah. I think you landing on the tankiness part, that's where it really just spins out of control with this lower threat. So this was your nightmare scenario with 14 against Mandalorian Orange at 14 threat at second win because shield doesn't have displacement or big attacks, right? Yeah, correct. And we ended up on a wide scenario with his single extract and he got the extract. There it is. <laughs> on Malekith on turn one, he just like found it. And then he okay. was able to use like Black Bifrost and Malekith's speed to just run away. I think he made like three attacks all game against me and I just couldn't chase down Malekith and kill him. So since this is a shield deep dive and maybe this will be a resource for people for shield in the future, let's talk about real quick why shield yeah. is so bad at chasing. Cause I would say 90% of my shield losses are related to some sort of chase mixed with, you know, just, just things happening with dice and stuff, but really just the chase. Those, those are the defined losses, the most defined losses I've had with shield. Um, so let's talk about the chase real quick because <laughs> shield does not love it. So being a good gun line obviously has its weaknesses. And one of those is, is, this chase thing we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. How does shield deal with that? I mean, it seems like we're getting tools in the future, but I mean, what do you do in that type of situation? Yeah. So let's first explain like why the chase is so bad. So of course, how action economy in Marvel works, and maybe this is obvious to most players, but you can either make two attacks or a move and attack or two moves. Like it's very basic thing. So anytime the gun line has to move, it's giving up an attack. And if the whole gun line has to move, that's every character giving up an attack. So I want to stand still so bad, or I want to use superpowers that rearrange my models, you know, stuff like Hydra tactics or siblings in arms, stuff like that to move my characters and then get my double tap. Cause that's when they're really hitting above their weight class. And when you force me to chase with something like web warriors or heavy stealth or runaway X-Men, or in this case, Malekith running away through the black Bifrost. <laughs> You're forcing me to like spend actions I want to spend shooting running at you. Right. And 
while shield has a bunch of ways to kind of slightly manipulate their ranges because you know siblings in arms does move people quite far same thing with hydro tactics you need that kind of like teamwork and that bunched upness to really take advantage of those movement shenanigans Mm -hmm. and you can't just do that forever because your guys aren't spread out in a giant line they're in a cluster no absolutely yeah i mean not to mention too that shield lacks action economy right with their characters like they don't Mm. they're not star lords you know with hit and runs and stuff not that that makes a huge difference in the chase but these little things can add up especially if someone's playing the runaway scenario right like Mm -hmm. lack of charge and hit and run and stuff yeah that kind of adds it to it with the the very thing you just mentioned the either move attack or move move or attack attack type basic play of mcp you know at some of its core so Okay, so that's why the chase is bad. So what do you do as a shield player to try to mitigate that or just, you know, change that? Now, I know the game has changed a lot since the fall. And actually, I lost a chase game in the fall as well at a major event. Under similar circumstances, the crisis have changed. I think that's probably helped a lot, right? Yeah, the the single crisis going away means that we end up in the emergency chase scenario so much less. Right. Because the points are more spread out. So the likelihood that we can catch one model instead of their specific model that's standing in the corner with the scenario piece is uh, much different. Well, that's very good. I mean, that's that's a good sign for S.H.I.E.L.D. going forward. Obviously, the game as a whole, and that's why the crisis change happened. So that was your one loss at second win. But I mean, did you did you play another game after that? What was your final run for that day? Uh, so second win, I went X and one. It was my only loss. Okay. And I, I ended up in another game where like, I think I played Deedon. I think it's Jacob Deedon, I think is his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a very good Avengers player. And he played like a classic Avengers Extracts team against me. Luke, Voodoo, Steve, Cat, Gwen at 17. Right. It's a scary list. It's very good at scenario. Gwen pulls you all over the place with one cost lifesavers or one cost web lines. And... He has very cheap ability to steal things from you. And then once he's stolen it, they all stand next to Steve and Luke. And I don't have a way to separate that. I just have to shoot the bodyguard character to death before I get (laughs) a hold of the character holding the extract. Our tricks in those matchups where we end up chasing, the biggest one is siblings in arms from the commandos, which is why the commandos make my list every single time. I think they're maybe the most underplayed three in the game right now. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I think they're really good. Like that ability is fantastic. And then it being attached to a model with a gainer, meaning that like the floor of their play is like walk, make an attack, siblings and arm something. Right. It's a pretty high floor. I've fallen in love with gainers this last year. Me too. And part of it is stuff like that. You know, it part of it is like Fury's pistol as Fury Jr. And obviously the commandos. And even models like Pyro now, you know, where it's just like, you just know what you're working with, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like that guarantee better than the spikes. And I know sometimes the math is better for the basic strikes and stuff. Sometimes it's worse. And I'm just like, you know what? Let's just take that out of the equation. We know exactly what we're working with. I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I think the commandos definitely make your list every time. They've been making my list every time too. Um, their mobility is is nice, but obviously paired with that sibling in arms. I mean, are you always using that to deliver who you want to get places just to double tap or is it more of a uh obviously it's fluid but i mean is there other ways you use it yeah i think the other thing that really makes the commandos such a go-to is they're so toolboxy they're so flexible right right like do you need more damage all right let's spend our power throwing incinerates on people or saving the power for gotcha backs 
Yep. Do we need to like rearrange where we are? Siblings in arms is fantastic. Also shooting the main gun can give them their pursuit trigger, giving them another free piece of action economy. I just like, man, they're just so incredible. And the better you get at the game, the better they get on the table. hundred percent. Yeah. And shooting from stealth feels really good. Um, mm-hmm. Sure does. <laughs> it feels like you're cheating a little bit because obviously most models can't do that with stealth. So that's also pretty neat as well. Yeah. So, okay. Commandos are an auto include. Obviously the commandos came out in the fall. So that this was something that just started happening in your list the fall onward as we continue your timeline here. So basically that point onward, commandos are just a locks. Yeah. They they never come out. They're so good. And I say when I say a lock, I, I let me clarify to the listeners. I mean, of course they're in your ten. Of course, I think that's a guarantee in all shield lists right now. But it sounds like they're in your core. Yeah. So I actually, it's really funny because I'm a big proponent of don't <laughs> think about the game as a core. It like kind of teaches you the wrong way to think about. I agree. Factions, yeah. right? But that being said, shield <laughs> is one of those factions that that thinking just works for. Right. So I always play Fuhrer Jr., the Commandos, Iron Man. I have brought them every single time, and I think there's not a single matchup I wouldn't play those three models. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. And that's a 10 threat core, right? That's a good start. I'm staying affiliated and doing all that kind of stuff. So that's just funny. So it's almost like saying core is like it's it's a detriment to players, especially new players, but it's also helpful, you know? Um, Mm Mm-hmm. As like an X-Men player, primarily as my main team, it's like, I would tell a lot of new people, Beast is kind of in your core, but then there's times Beast is definitely not in your core, you know? So it's like, it's more just like a wrap your head around basic mentality, but I agree completely. It's just funny that you're right, that Shield just seems like probably the last 30 Shield games I've played, I've played Iron Man every game, right? And I follow you there. (laughs) Iron Man's pretty nuts now. And uh, he's just a solid piece. And uh, the team needs pushes and he provides that god i love that his push is any size it's kind of nuts right uh <laughs> i was playing sentinels month back and yeah you know it's it feels weird some of that some sometimes some, sometimes with him but i'm like okay the, I'm, I'm fine with it the theme whatever we're, we're roughly at like the fall season obviously second win is is over what was like the rest of the year looking like for you leading up to lvo with your shield like timeline so uh, unfortunately, my job at the time made me very busy and I wasn't able to get out to any qualifiers or anything. I had planned to do everything at Elvio and I had played in a handful of like leagues with my buddies, whereas just like some of my close sure. friends, we just play like eight man scrambles over we do that a too. long period yeah. of time. Yeah. And I had been doing not great in that because they play against Shield all the time. But mm. and also like a bunch of the people in those leagues are very very good players in their own like the best player in their own meta right so when i play locally i do very well and then when i play online i just get dunked over and over and over again (laughs) (laughs) okay okay (laughs) but i had been just jamming a bunch of shield games and with the exception of x-men i had like started to get very good at beating kind of everything in the meta i think shield has a lot of tools for every single situation and Against the other kind of like big boy factions, I feel like Shield should lose the game if the opponent plays perfectly. Okay. But if they make one or two mistakes, that flips completely. Because I think Shield punishes mistakes and lays traps incredibly well. Agreed completely. So you're feeling pretty good, but you're saying you're playing some like scrambles and stuff and or leagues and like you're saying you got dunked on. What do you mean you got dunked on? Is it just oh yeah, I just was like, there well, some bad matchups mixed with just shield dice, all these things that happen, or what what was it? So it's dice a little bit, but it's also just um the leagues we play, I know we call them the juicy leagues. 
are I keep hitting like somebody playing spiders. Like we have a couple spiders players. Spiders okay. is a rough matchup for shield. Stealth everywhere is not a good thing for a gun line. No. And then I kept hitting uh, Zach Cohen, who is Guardians, which in theory is a very good matchup for shield. Okay. But he kept just like pulling it out. Yeah. Uh, against me. And like the games are tight. The other thing is that there are a handful of models and guardians that can really blow shield out, namely like Groot. Groot is super yeah. good into shield, like the ability to heal and just like negate all the damage taken. Mm-hmm. And then that mixed with their very strong healing card of we are Groot means that I can't sprinkle damage all over the place. Yeah. And they like these central fights, right? That seems like mm-hmm. you navigated towards the central fights towards the end of the year, right? Because um, I know we talked about the wide stuff, their beginning of your year, the D shapes and stuff. So yeah, Guardians love that. So that makes sense. Okay. So you mean dunked on by Guardians. I mean, that happens to everyone at different yeah. times. <laughs> everyone gets dunked <laughs> on by Guardians at different times. So what was like the rest of your year looking like, like the holiday season and everything? Um, I document this on my podcast, but unfortunately for me, I got a lot of good reps in the early fall with um, S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, for a long time. And then I went back to X-Men because Charles said he would disown me if I didn't play X-Men at LVO. So <laughs> since I won... Lone Star Open with X-Men was his specific argument that I said, okay, okay. But maybe I should have stayed on field because it was what I was most practiced with. But my intention was for the rest of the season to get, you know, get the rust back off the X-Men, play a lot of games. Holidays hit, didn't really happen. <laughs> so uh, I didn't really practice in December or January um, outside of like a game night, you know, at, at the local store. So it's like, that is what it is. But how was your holiday season like with your list, refining it? And then of course the crisis changes coming out and kind of the game getting shaken up. Oh, it was fantastic. I changed jobs. So I had several weeks of downtime between That's jobs awesome. where I just, and the new crises dropped. And I was like, well, I guess I'm playing one game every day. That's pretty awesome, dude. I, th- I thought you were about to lead with some sarcasm there. Like I changed jobs. They had me working every day. <laughs> I had no breaks. Yeah. No, I, I awesome. just like had downtime between the two jobs and Perfect. I just spent the holidays kind of relaxing and playing an absolute ton of games. And so just like grinding TTS early in the morning, getting my positioning correct. And really Uh, It was the change in crisis that really, I think, shifted things for me. So I think the crisis changes for S.H.I.E.L.D. were neutral. Yes. Every crisis we were really terrible at just like went away. But Mm -hmm. with the exception of Hammers, every crisis we were incredible at, we got worse at. Right. Like Montessi, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like Montessi and Cubes are the ones that really come to mind for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think both of these changes, I think, are good for the game. Like, don't don't let me, <laughs> don't get me wrong here. Like, oh, woe is me, the little shield player. Right. But like, uh, we really abused Montessi with both Iron Man, who could like have eight die energy beams, which was like probably not okay on a three threat. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where I'm making like uh, two to four eight die attacks every turn with Iron Man. Yeah. And then also the grunts making six yes. die attacks. Right. Uh, and just fueling fury and then the grunts also got rerolls on those attacks because the reroll mm-hmm. isn't on the gun it's on nick fury right uh it just meant that like if either of those models got a hold of a book and we probably got one of the three i was they were just printing value and i think that was yeah. probably not great for the game <laughs> yeah 
I mean, Juggernaut was a menace with the book, you know, like a lot of things have changed, which are but for the better. So I, I completely agree there. Yeah. Okay. So getting back to this, like you're talking about the changes were pretty neutral for Shield. Yeah, I think overall, uh, the other one that really changed for us was uh, cubes because Shield was so paper cutty. You could reliably just daze opponents to cubes. Right. And I dazed opponents in the qualifier a ton to cubes, and then they just wake <laughs> up injured, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, and I think better for the game than me just being able to be like, haha, I did exactly the right amount of damage with bullseye. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so now you don't get to activate your five threat model. Yeah. Cause of the timing of the cubes, of course, what you're referring to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Very different game at that time. So and I'm glad you mentioned bullseye. So your list changed from venom and some other things and you got wider as the year went on, right? Uh, I had always been playing kind of wide. Right. By the time that like October rolled around, I was pretty much all in on wide. The whole meta had gone very tall. And I know a lot of people disagree with me on whether you can play attrition wide, but it just requires Mm. kind of a different mentality. If you play the game knowing you're not going to go first and you plan for their first activation to limit their first activation on the next turn. Sure. You can play a very wide attrition. And the benefit there is that your hit points are in lots of different buckets. So if they take a piece off the board, you have redundancy. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, You're also like draining their action economy in some ways because I mean, Mm -hmm. they've got to kill a bunch of little things. I mean, that's that's going to take some time, you know, Um, even when they're spiking crazy. So yeah, agree completely. And obviously you've got more chances to roll the paper cut gun line, right? Because I Mm -hmm. mean, shield, you will spike eventually, eventually, in theory, if a game goes to the rounds it's supposed to. So uh, yeah, so that brought Bullseye obviously into your list for some time, and he's stayed, right? And I say Bullseye, like the listeners know, I don't know if they do or not, but of course you play Core Widow as your affiliated two threat. I do. I like Core Widow a lot. I know a lot of Shield players are like big fans of Agent Widow. Yeah, it's all it's been all Core Widow for me too. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Agent Widow. I don't think I think Agent Widow is kind of like a bad Bucky. Okay, and if I'm wanting a close range piece i think i'd rather have like war machine i think war machine's a better piece than widow and i don't play war machine either well there you go yeah i tried war machine early in the year and he didn't really perform for me so he he was cut that moment onward but okay so you got a lot of reps at the end of the year and we're kind of leading up to lvo now so what was everything looking like and take us to lvo yeah so right before lvo i played in uh the grognard game store championship okay a event that i was probably the biggest name at and i got absolutely dunked in finals destroyed by defenders oh boy did they have crimson dynamo they sure did oh no they sure did have crimson dynamo a character <laughs> i had never seen on the board before and thought was uh, like ah he's fine whatever and my whole team is sh- and we're on like gamma sure it's old gamma so i like have to stand on the points or he's gonna score me out <laughs> and he's playing like strange hulk dynamo wong so hulk and dynamo and strange are just constantly being healed and they're beaming me and it's old montessi so like hulk's beams are gigantic and he's just mopping the floor with me and my dice aren't doing anything as a dynamo and i'm like you know let's revisit this dynamo and shield thing that we kind of <laughs> dissuaded earlier we we're like ah Dynamo's just like more shield. Let's get some stuff that fixes our bad matchups. No, I started to play Dynamo and Shield. My God, it is so silly. Okay. That's a that's a good thread to follow through with our LVO discussion because Dynamo obviously becomes a crucial piece in some of your games. What mm-hmm. is the plan on using Dynamo? Like, is it always just you only bring him out on central maps and let him do his thing? So I rearranged my entire roster to be 
like favorable for Dynamo, this is really the thing that 100% solidifies that I need to play like on a narrow scenario. Okay. I had demons in at the time, but I move Gamma and Researcher in so that I can yes. have three E-maps that Dynamo can dominate completely. Perfect. Uh, this is a little bit of a gamble because two of these are 15s and I cannot play Dynamo at 15. Right. And she doesn't, doesn't like the low threats anyways, right? So so apparently that's changing. I checked the <laughs> stats since oh, okay. uh, since the update and it's mm-hmm. like our second high, second or third highest win right now is 15. Hmm. I, I'm just going to break that down to shape. I think we're just so good on that shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Less about the threat, more about the shape. Yeah, exactly. And but Dynamo just it just adds like another thing to like worry about. Like, okay, I have to get around eye in the sky. Maybe I have to get around taunt. I have to like play around sacrifice. And now there's the dynamo bubble that just might make my attack dice bad. That's <laughs> pretty awesome. Yeah. And then shock also like really like dynamo is specifically good against a lot of the models that can really victimize shield. Okay. If you think about like the Wolverines or Angela or things with like assassin or beams mm-hmm. can really take those from reliably or like threatening to kill shield characters to very unlikely to do that at all. It's pretty great. Yeah. And that makes them want to attack dynamo, which they don't want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause he's just a big tank sitting where he wants to sit. And yeah, it's, it's the, it's the constant shield puzzle. I, I completely understand how he fits in and uh, more questions for your opponent constantly. Yeah. The other thing that really, uh, I think like Jack's dynamo up to 11 is that one of dynamo's problems is that he often on turn one, like walks and grabs power with his like meditate. I play sit rep on dynamo on turn one all the time, which means if you want to go stand on that midline, which I'm not going to go stand on. Right. And I'm totally fine. If you don't want to take those points, we can just leave those points there. That's true. Dynamo will double tap whatever's on there. And it's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. After the first one, he'll have rocket boots, which means he can maybe dig deeper and hit two things with his beam then. Yeah. Or just reposition where he wants to be. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Do you take sit rep most of the games you bring him on those EU central maps, or is it just kind of a matchup dependent thing? I bring it a lot. It is a very matchup dependent thing. So it's like, am I nervous about like, are they playing a faction that can like spike and ruin my day? Are they, uh-huh. is this, a game where I might have to chase. If I have to chase, sit rep should be in. I play it about half the time. All right. Uh, Essentially there's two locked cards in shield. You always play, Mm -hmm. you always play eye in the sky and you always play Helios. I guess maybe we can say three. Like I have pretty much settled into always playing sacrifice. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And then battlefield medicine, sit rep and brace fight for my last two slots. Okay. Yeah, of course. Value, right? Yeah, it's just this, yeah, pure value. I think it's always hard to, as a shield player, to know when to bring sit rep because all the other cards are so obvious, especially mm-hmm. if you're playing against a team with throws, right? You're like, a lot of throws, you're like, okay, well, I'm bringing brace, I'm, I'm bringing eye, I'm bringing sacrifice. It, it just fills up very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's just something I'm more curious about using sit rep more and more effectively because I, in the past, I just used it as a more of a like you kind of said, setting up your turn two better or, you know, stuff like that. But it felt less necessary to me after the commandos came out, if that makes sense. Oh, the other thing that sit reps really good for is freaking deception is everywhere right now. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yeah. Right. And sit rep can just like, if you use it correctly, you can position it in a way where you can just, you know, like spend the one power, move, so move some character up early means you can still like go grab an objective early or go stand up early. Yep. And not get deceptioned. 
and you also got all the value of SITREP while turning deception off. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to get around deception right now, especially brotherhood on like senators or something. Yeah. I could see some of that definitely being a go-to move. Okay. So now you've got this dynamo sit rep thing going on and you're, we're going to LVO now, right? I mean, cause mm-hmm. you went to this event yep. and you said you got dunked on by defenders. <laughs> so I, did. I managed to dodge defenders this, this tournament though, somehow. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's very good. <laughs> so tell, tell me your thoughts. I know you're going to, some of this is on your videos, which I'll definitely link. Okay. So now we're like at LVO. Let's talk about the last chance qualifier, right? Because you had not qualified in the year yet. Correct. I hadn't even played in a qualifier yet. I didn't even know that part. So that's even cooler. So let's talk about how the qualifier went. Cause that's not even something we talked about on our podcast because I qualified earlier in the year and I came in super late to LVO, Mm -hmm. just life. So I came in um, halfway through the day on Friday and I saw you guys all playing. So yeah, let's talk about how the qualifier went. So I was actually feeling pretty good about where my shield list was. I was like, I think if I just dodge X-Men, I have a pretty good chance to do well. Right. But if I hit back to back, like if I hit X-Men and then I hit an X-Men that lost, like my my run could just be over. Okay. And then I'm also a little bit scared of Brotherhood because uh, Refraction. And I also think Brotherhood is just one of the best things in the game right now. I think they Definitely. have a ton of really incredible minis. I think everybody agrees there. Yeah. So I get my round one assignment there and... Omnis puts me on the stream table and I'm like, cool. And I misread the thing and I'm like, oh, great. Brotherhood on the stream table. Well, it was been, it's been fun, guys. If you were just going to watch me lose on round one. <laughs> and then I get to the table and it's A-Force. And I'm like, oh, I feel yeah. way better about this. And yeah. going into LVO, I was on like a seven game straight losing streak. Okay. And I was just like, the day before I was just like looking for a game to knock off the dust and I just couldn't make it happen with when we got in. Oh, that's so the I'm worst. Just like, oh, yeah. I've lost my last seven games. Let's just play on stream to knock the rust off. Hey man. And into the frying pan, you know, it's like, absolutely. You should go watch this game on stream. It's pretty good. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is where there. you played uh, Alyssa, right? From the professional yeah, casual network. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I heard like a force and I know that she runs a force and in humans and stuff, which is very cool repping that. So, yeah, how'd this game go? Like quick summary of that and then match up in A Force. Two really key moments. So first, she does like she goes for the drop up into follow me turn on turn two. Right. Uh, which is obviously terrifying. Like it can just like that one two can just like beat some lists. For sure. But Alyssa's never played against Shield before. Right. Or very few times. And I just eye in the sky the drop off. Yep. Which doesn't give the action back. So she just like it just the tactics card just moves She-Hulk. Sure. Yeah. So like, obviously she messes me up really bad because follow me with Angela and She-Hulk. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of say in like trying to mitigate it. And I play a bunch of tactics cards to try to like survive. And I managed to not quite get She-Hulk down. I leave her on like four or something like that. Okay. Yeah. She like goes to the top of the turn, just like bops the commandos off the board Bucky puts two on her with gotcha back. She goes to attack uh, Nick Fury. I sack it onto Hawkeye. Hawkeye quick draws her to death. There you go. Yeah. And she dies like mid activation, which felt pretty good. And once, and then immediately following that, I just Helios Angela off the board. So 11 points of her list are just gone. That's awesome. From there, it feels pretty easy. Yeah. Because they were, they were the things that could snowball into you in a big way. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you can remove those, you can kind of, you can do the shield what shield does where after the big threat's gone and kind of just weather it and score out. Um, that makes, that's very cool. Uh, let's talk about Hawkeye real quick because I think 
Hawkeye has been maligned in the community for a long time. He's in my shield list, has been for some time. He only comes out in certain matchups mm-hmm. for me. Um, I'm trying to make myself play him more just because he's just fun in general and you know he's better than everybody always thinks. So what was your reason for bringing Hawkeye that game? Because obviously that kind of probably won you the game, that sacrifice into that <laughs> quick shot. So what was the reason for bringing Hawkeye that game? Because there wasn't like a cover situation or anything in that game, right? To bring Hawkeye going on. There was not. I think we were playing 18 because I think it was Madman. Okay. So like how my building list works is so I start with that core 10. And then the yep. first three I want to get in is like, is this a good game to play Bucky? Essentially, like what does cover look like this game? Right. Because Bucky is a, an absurd piece that spikes huge, makes so many attacks, but cover wildly changes his math and makes it like really hard for him to kill anything. Yeah, when we say cover, we're referring to like either the crisis or the matchup, say it's X-Men or Magneto with the refraction or even like a bunch of terrain, right? Yeah, if they're like, I haven't bumped into a board that would make me not play Bucky, but okay. I can definitely imagine a board that would make me not play Bucky. Yes, for sure. But yeah, yeah the main, when I say cover, I really mean scoundrels, Magneto, yep. X-Men. Yep. Okay. So, so I that's get him in, so that puts me to 13. And now I have to like fill out the rest of my points. And usually the next three threat I want in is either Luke Cage or Hawkeye, depending on whether I want mobility and more guns or whether I know I'm going to have to stand on the point and I need more protection. Okay. Yep. I think the greedier pick is always Hawkeye because Hawkeye, he's fragile, but his like upside is really big. He like builds Helios really fast. He consistently makes two five die attacks. He can ignore cover. He has like the tricky trap play. And is like <laughs> fairly immune to guns himself because you like never want to shoot Hawkeye from outside four or from outside three. No. I mean, so okay. I, I brought Hawkeye here for that. Plus, like, uh, you know, shock doesn't hurt, bleed doesn't hurt. Like, one of the ways to deal with big pieces is just cover them in conditions. Hawkeye's pretty good at doing that. Yeah, I was just curious on how, like, outside of the cover situations, like what games you brought Hawkeye, and I was like, well, this wasn't a scoundrels game or anything. So, okay, so yeah, you take off. Shiok and Angela. And yeah, that's that game. So you're feeling pretty good, right? You won yeah. first game on the stream. The rest is off. <laughs> the losing streak <laughs> is over, right? Yep. So, I mean, this is all good from here, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I play against like CS and Avengers and yep. I have some tight games in there. Hulk's an absolute jerk as always. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully Helios game. is very good into Hulk. And then like last round, uh, we're sitting there, there's a, there's like six undefeateds and we know that like 10 people get in. So like, we know they're like the vast majority of the X and ones are going to get in at this moment. Right. And Nate's sitting there and he goes, Hey Vince, me and you have the highest, uh, strength of schedule. Like it's me and then you, you know, it'd be great if we played each other. And I'd be like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, no, because then it doesn't matter who wins and who loses. We're both in, right? Because whoever loses the game will be the highest exit one. And I'm like, I still still don't want to do that. And then Nate gets his (laughs) wish and we play. And not only is he X-Men, but he is like the most practiced shield player probably on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, because you guys play so much, right? Yeah, he's like my main practice partner. We've played a ton. And he absolutely like destroys me. Like there's a moment in the, the tipping point of the game is uh, Storm kills full health Nick Fury or like does like a boosted attack into Nick Fury, leaves him on one, wow. right? Throws him into Dynamo, right? Who was on right. three, uh, does one to Dynamo and then kills Dynamo with her 
uh, tech that does the auto point to flying yes. models. Right. And I'm like, cool, my two strongest pieces just aren't going to activate this turn because a three threat killed both of them. Hashtag yeah, your you're storm. Like, of course, Storm got her like one in 20 game thing. You know, most of the time she doesn't get that Dude, scenario. Storm's a nuts model. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, she rules. Uh, so I don't know why some people in this community think she's not great, but, um, you know, when she does that type of thing, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cause the leader, the leadership was enough. The leadership was enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she like kills those two models and then it's pretty hard for me to recover from there. I end okay. up like overextending Rhino trying to make something happen and it, like it all just crumbles. We haven't talked about Rhino yet. Yeah. Rhino snuck his way in your list at the very end, right? Yeah, he absolutely did. He is for just X-Men. Uh, okay. The only time I play Rhino. Pay to flips. Yeah. Yeah. It's like to help with pay to flips and to help like with their absurd extract game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, Catch someone. Yeah. X-Men's kind of a disaster for shield for a bunch of reasons, not just the cover, but also like they have a bunch of the pieces that just can like suddenly out of nowhere, if their dice go right, just like kill two or three models. Right. With, you know, either of the two Wolverines can just kind of like spike and just kill a bunch of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're hard to kill because of exceptional healing and they heal and they have cover and blah, 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 blah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I mean, cover paired with the extract play that X-Men can do is double terrible for shield. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So like the idea is to like play Rhino. Rhino only cares about the cover for the first attack because then he's forced to be placed within one. Yep. So the next attack, assuming it's against the same model, doesn't have cover. And then, I mean, everybody has seen how absurd this is a robbery is as a card. It's good. It's <laughs> real good. <laughs> and then Rhino has a tendency to like swim in power, which helps fund Helios. So like there's a lot of good reasons to have him here. He is actually leaving my roster Ooh. at the moment. But okay. uh I'm sure we'll I, talk about that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think he I think this was the best model for this role I had, but the matchup's still really tough. Okay. But you go X and one mm-hmm. at the you know, the last chance qualifier. And Charles ended up taking like, what was it? 12, 14 people or so from that. Maybe more. I think it might have been as high as 18. Yeah. So that's awesome. I mean, like, so all you guys are in, we haven't talked about your list yet, even though your list is the same through both days. Right. But I'll go and read through your models real quick. We can talk about, um, I think a lot of this we've already discussed on the cast, but your list was Black Widow, Hawkeye, Iron Man, Nick Fury Jr., Winter Soldier. There's that Bullseye and Luke Cage we talked about, the Howling Commandos, of course, Crimson Dynamo. And then Rhino and your tax cards are Eye in the Sky, Battlefield Medicine, Brace, Mark for Death, Helios, Heroes for Hire, Sit Rep, Sacrifice, Mission, Objective, and This is Robbery for the thing you just talked about. And then your secures were Infinity Formula, Demons Downtown, and Gamma. And then your extracts were Fear Grips the World, of course, Hammers and Cubes and the Research Station. So I think the only one we haven't talked about is Infinity Formula. Uh, we talked about yeah. Cubes a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. but- I think it makes sense why you're playing it. Yeah. So infinity formula and cubes are kind of here for the same reason. They help fund Helios. They help keep uh fury like in power yep. while also safe. So he doesn't have to stand as close to the fight and yep. can keep eye in the sky up, or he can commit to the fight with more power and being able to use his spender and keep the grunts up and stuff. Uh, infinity formula is like my least favorite of these scenarios. Right. Especially with your new roster, which is kind of this central focus. Yeah, like we use the power better than the vast majority of people. Sure. It can, you know, like it can speed us towards a Helios, especially useful if we have a character we like need to get off the table as soon as possible, like one of the Hulks or like a Thanos, where we Helios the front of him off to get Cosmic Portal gone. Yep. But generally, I would much rather just be on like Demons or Gamma. If there was another E, I would probably be playing that. Sounds good. 
Yeah, makes perfect sense. And the only thing I think we haven't talked about is you have here is for hire here. Is this a feign or is this like, are you bringing this against? Okay. I was like, or I was like, are you bringing it against like Malekith or something? Because I mean, both seem very viable options, you know? Yeah. I used to bring it against Malekith and I think it's good there. I think like, I don't think it'd be a mistake to play heroes for hire in the Malekith. Sure. But generally I don't need it. Also shields tactic cards are so absurd that like, you know, this could just be another thing and (laughs) sacrifice gets me the vast majority of the way to heroes for hire. Okay. It seems kind of wild to play heroes for hire and sacrifice. <laughs> sure. It's excess of good. I, I see what you mean. Picking your battles really. So, so this kind of, tr- does this trip up your opponents? Do you think? Yeah. I, I, a lot of people just see Luke Cage and they're like, you clearly have heroes for hire. Right. Yeah. And they, if they see it in my 10 tactics cards, like a lot of people look at it and be like, no heroes for hire. Interesting. But Luke Cage. <laughs> and so this just like, I really, I don't need all 10 tactics card slots. Like I, yeah, I'm sure there'll be a card that'll come out. That'll make heroes for hire better here. Mm-hmm. If there was a three threat bodyguard, I might play that instead of cage, but cage I'm playing for his kit specifically, like the stagger, the taunt, okay. uh, the damage reduction. That's why he's here. The card is fine, but it just like, it doesn't, it's not good. It's not as good as everything else. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess, did you, you, was it, you had Shieldmobile in your old iteration of the list and Shieldmobile is not, obviously you don't have any more. Yeah. This is a robbery replaced it. Shieldmobile I yeah. never play either. Sitrep is just better than Shieldmobile in my opinion. I don't not playing a big piece and there's right. not really like the only shield piece that's really worth shield mobiling. Sure. Is like Jennifer. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is she Hulk? And I don't think she Hulk's good enough to hit the roster. Okay. And she's super difficult to play on top of that. Like it's really yes, easy to make is. one mistake and have your game just go away. Right. I, I have definitely <laughs> experienced that many times with her. So, okay. All this makes sense. So that's your list. And how does like day one end of the night, what's everything like? And then going into day two, of course, the primary event. So this was a really interesting uh, event because it was a bracket. So we knew like all the potential matchups starting. Oh, yes. <laughs> which I think is really exciting for people following the event. And definitely. For somebody participating in the event, I think it's just nerve wracking and doesn't really add anything for my enjoyment. Sure. Yeah. But also if I was following the event, I would prefer it to be a bracket. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, (laughs) it's it's tough to please everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Of course I got my bracket that evening too. And I, I chose myself to not stress out and just look at who my first round opponent was and, and just call it good. You know, I didn't like <laughs> analyze or anything, you know, I actually had a fun, uh, relaxing night. So of course, unfortunately I was the only person who got the, uh, the only X-Men mirror. So it's just sad for the X-Men in general that we had a round one, there was a X-Men mirror and it was me and Amon. So what, what was your pairing round one and what was like, it looking like potentially could happen for you round two? Uh, so I played against Hydra round one and okay. Hydra's a weird team that like, I think shield really preys on the vast majority of Hydra models. Okay. Like they don't have like built-in damage reduction. They don't have stupid high defense, but the thing they do have is sleeper cell Hulk. And my gosh, that is obnoxious against shield. The faction that's all like, I get to go on your turn and that's how I keep my stuff alive. And Hulk just comes in being like, I'm on your team, boys. You don't (laughs) know what I'm doing. And I played against Hydra twice and neither of them dropped sleeper cell Hulk into me. And I've unfortunately wow. talked about this a bunch. So if I hit Hydra again, I know I'm going to face that. Oh yeah. And yeah. I'm not wild about playing against it. It's just, it, I mean, is there a better sleeper like 
choice matchup than shield right the team that has like all these things but they can do (laughs) i mean really i mean so yeah secrets out but (laughs) it is what it is uh you also mentioned too shield bidding a good into hydra i think part of that too is um red skull is such a force um uh, the guy is so fun to play and he's he's so powerful but Mm -hmm. him using his physical defense against all the guns not that great yeah the shield just kind of eats him alive we just incinerate him and then he's just a death three guy with six hit points hey man the theme is right blow him up uh (laughs) blow him up with the commandos or something okay so you played hydra first and took that game obviously yeah this game was really fun the best part of it was so like i got pretty lucky and i dazed him on turn one i thought he put skull up a little too early i shot him with a bunch of stuff and like all the stuff bounced and then bucky just like killed him from full and then he activates Yep. Goes to like attack Nick. I oh, this I know guy Nick out. Next. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. He's like, okay, I'll just hit the grunts and then I'll just hit my trigger and I'll I'll come in to Nick. Yep. And if I don't hit the trigger, I'll back up. So he does that, hits the trigger, comes into Nick, and Bucky guns him down from full on the gotcha back. Bucky. Man. Sometimes he does that. It was hammers in my defense. Oh, it definitely in your defense, yeah. Because uh smarter people than me have done all this math and stuff, but yeah, I mean Bucky with a hammer, I mean, it's just like it's value, okay. right? value is the word <laughs> but yeah let's talk about your round two because this is a game that I actually caught some of and obviously one of your probably toughest games of the entire tournament it's mm-hmm. mike i've played mike we, we're, we're back and forth in our games our wins and losses uh we always have good games mike's the real deal and of course he was coming with this meta brotherhood scariness so you're playing mike deluca and he's playing brotherhood what what are your thoughts and when your turns here on this game Oh, I'm, I'm real worried about it. This is like, <laughs> yeah, I, I like at this point I've made the mistake of like looking at the bracket and this bracket is so like, not nice to me. Like, yeah. uh, DeLuca. And then if I win, I have, uh, Mando oh, <laughs> coming gosh. up. Yeah. That was me. It's like, if I win my first game with them on, I saw that. That's why I said I only looked at round two. I was either going to play Chewy or farmer. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> well, okay. It is yeah. what it is. This is why we come to this, right? Yeah good competition but yeah you're gonna play zach who's you're probably gonna play zach right because he's gonna do well <laughs> yeah or or i'm gonna play the guy that beat zach like yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> like i'm not excited about either of those okay so you're looking at that and you're also looking at mike's playing brotherhood hawkeye is immediately on your mind right if we were from what we talked mm-hmm. about earlier this sort of cover stuff because mags right yeah and it's and we also draw up scoundrels so i'm like bucky you're just staying at home i'm sorry buddy yeah i'm leaving you behind perfect okay This game's kind of interesting. So two really interesting things happen here. So the first is that I end up going way up on attrition. Like I, I spike rogue off the table early. Like, so rogue goes up early to stand on the scoundrel. Sure. And I shoot her with the commandos and Nick Fury and the grunts. And then I sit rep up dynamo and dynamo shoots her in cover. And then rocket boots in again and shoots her and tooth in cover. Wow. And oh, I yeah. daze rogue, which isn't actually that likely despite all those shots. Okay. Yeah. And I spike like f- dynamos, two shots, spike five damage onto apex. Nice. Right. And I'm just way up on attrition. And Mike goes, okay, I was going to fight you, but I don't think this is a good plan anymore. I'm just going to mm-hmm. try to beat you on scenario. Like it's relatively fast. And so he does that. And I think he should still should have just fought me. Yes. And I think he said that after the game too. I think he mm-hmm. said, he should yeah. have just been more aggressive, especially with like mags and tooth and stuff. I mean, did tooth last much longer? Yeah, tooth lasted quite a long time, but he like okay. he he pulled stuff back. Yeah, yeah, he I got like you. Threw my guys away, like ran the researcher away when it played like kind of 
the scenario game. Yeah, and you can see why he's doing that because he's probably wanting to keep that refraction bubble and mm-hmm. be yeah. safe against all your guns. Yeah. I also hated that he was smart enough to bring refraction, even though it was senators, which means that yeah. I can't get, I just can't get around it. He just has like minus one damage. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of cover. It's terrible. Um, also, why Bucky stayed at home? Did Dynamo do what he did this game? Like, did he help you win the game, really? Yeah. Absolutely. He's like shocking everything. He's making all the attacks bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Other really interesting thing that happens in this game is that okay. I've played Mike once before. We played a like game to help him prep for maybe it was Dragon Con, some convention he was going to. He okay. was like, can I just get a shield game? And we played and I was like, walked him through all the traps. So he's seen it enough to know what's going on, but not enough to like have it down. Mm-hmm. And his second activation of the game is like seven minutes long. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then- his like third, second or third activation of turn two is also like seven minutes long. Okay. So he's yeah. just like, he's analyzing he's like, all the traps. Yeah, absolutely. And like looking far into the future and trying to figure out like the best way to take my stuff apart. Like he's definitely spending the time thinking he's not just like completely lost, but I then just go immediately into, I'm going to play as fast as I can to just put time pressure on him because I think like going down 14 minutes on clock compared to me is like not a great place to be. And so I, I end up putting the pressure on and I think he has like 20 seconds left on his clock when the game ends. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. When you guys finished, like uh, most games are finished, right? And a lot of people were watching you guys play. So um, that tracks with the clock stuff. Okay. So I mean, you beat Mike who won LVO last year. That's a good start uh, on your, <laughs> yeah. on your, on your championship path here. What was game three? Uh, game three was Zeko and Mandalorian orange. Again, really scary because he knows to play Dynamo and to put me at 15 threat. <laughs> and he does those two things. And okay. I can't play my Dynamo at 15 threat. Mm. And he can play his. And that then rules. That's good. To make matters worse, he goes way up on attrition on turn two. Sure. The Commandos and Nick Fury Jr. both get dazed before they activate. And he also dazes Bucky after he activates. Okay. So okay. like just tons of damage. Uh, I managed to battle this game back to a point where like I flipped it, but he's still sitting on follow me. And so Groot has two hit points and his plan is definitely going to be like Groot two swings, rocket two swings. And they've both been dazed. So Groot's on two health, heals back up to five, right? And like kills Bullseye. Okay. And the commandos and Bucky kill Groot. So he can't <laughs> play follow me. Man. And that also means that Rocket's hanging in the wind, which means that I just like two-tap Rocket off the table. Got your back, man. Got your back. <laughs> yeah, got your back. It's, it's nuts. And it's like, he doesn't really have an option other than just to like sit there and just like hope for the best. Do you typically, when you got your back, is there a certain order you go with like, do you go Bucky or Commandos first? Or how do you, how do you typically go through the activation order? Does it really matter? It, it really depends. Like there's so many variables in of this. Of course, of course. The Commandos one is kind of... You just kind of always take the commandos one, no matter what, because it's a gainer and it only costs two. Yeah. They're like, so you only, you only net down one. Mm -hmm. So it's like one power for a five die attack. Like I'll pay, I'll do that every time. Like, unless it puts me in a place where I can't, and sometimes they get a move off of it. So it's sometimes it's even more compression. It's very true. Yeah. But if you're going to take the Bucky one, you want to take the Bucky one first because Bucky can spike into more power that way. Of course. If he just like kills the character or whatever. Yeah. You don't need to do the second one on the commandos. Yeah. So without follow me and without Groot, I mean, you just swing this game back attrition wise, like in a big way, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. And I just kind of like, I seal it up and I beat Zach for the first time in a tournament ever. 
<laughs> it's a heck of a time to do it. Right, man. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Looks like you move on to round four and you get Guardians again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On a central map again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeremy's a, a good player here. Uh, we have a good game. I think really the defining moment of this game is kind of two things kind of happen is that uh, I put my widow way on the left flank to go after to like Fred in the scrawl. She ends up picking it up and, but gets pushed away where Gamora can like walk and punch her. And so oh, he I like walks up <laughs> and punches uh, her. She like lives on one. And then he's like, okay, well let's take the, take the leap into her. And I'm like, well, nah, sorry, widow, you're dead. Nothing I can do about it. And then she just like blocks all of it. Oh, wow. And I'm like, all right, great. We're going to score this point over here. I like daze to the to the map. And Gamora, I think what Gamora should have done was grab that and like double run back to the fight. Mm, and yep. instead she stays and kills Widow, picks up the scroll and gets pushed. Okay. So I lose Widow, but he has like three turns of no Gamora in the mid fight. Yep. And I can just fight like up two points. And you're just, you're just netting two threat that whole game right like mm-hmm. in a way because i mean your two threats tying up a four threat yeah a very common tenet of mcp you know when that happens uh very powerful okay so that makes sense so moving on you play wreath next and wreath rules i got to hang out with him at dinner yeah, um, one of the nights with charles and super nice guy his list is very scary to me because it's like mm-hmm. meta avenger stuff with strong hydra stuff and he just chooses what he wants to play right yeah, and also he's doing kind of this really creative Hydra build where he's like using the Hydra leadership, the Skull yep. Hydra leadership to make like Voodoo and Cat gain a bunch of power. It's almost like a, a, a variation of the Steve thing we were just talking about earlier, like the turning those stealing characters online. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a very similar thing. And then he has all the like meta pieces for both of the teams. Yeah. So how does this game go? And did he play Juggernaut? Uh, he did play Juggernaut, but he didn't play Sleeper Cell Hulk. So I couldn't be happier. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Very good. He has like a really cool turn one play that I didn't think about where he Mm. plays eyes on the prize with skull. Yeah. And he cuts for power so that he can walk once, grab the, grab the hammer and back up. Yeah. I think that's something that, uh, the awesome, uh, Vince Chan's been doing for some time and Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's unexpected for sure. (laughs) It's like a safe play. Uh, he never makes an attack with that hammer and actually never makes an attack the entire game with his red skull. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Red skull is just kind of victimy versus shield. Like, like we okay. talked about, like it's pretty yeah, yeah. tough to play it into shield. Right. The combination of you can just load into him and also eye in the sky just ruins him. Right. And other things. Yeah. Other defensive things. He just yeah. hates. I, I think a really good way to think about it is if you compare him, like his survivability into shield, Mm-hmm. And you compare him to Strucker, it's like almost the same, and he costs two more points than Strucker. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, yeah, it's just not great matchup for him. So you take him off the table pretty early. Yes, incredibly early. And that's kind of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's just like all my like. So again, you have to get kind of lucky to play to like win a tournament, but like right, a lot of my characters are just hitting very hard this game. Like I'm just like kill, every time I need to kill something, it dies. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, it's not like all of my dice are being incredible, but enough of my dice are being incredible that like, I can just kill the stuff that needs to die. Well, and part of that is the shield way we talked about it earlier, but I mean, you just, you have so much, you have so many attacks happening all the time Mm. that, you know, yeah, some are going to be really sad and it's going to not be great, but 
you just have so many, it's going to happen at some point. Right. So, okay. So you take wreath out and, you know, full disclosure, it's like wreath places very well at the end of this tournament, right? He gets top four with this said Hydra Avengers, but this leads you right to the finals. That's game six. You're playing Andrew, who's also playing sort of a hybrid list of meta Avengers stuff with uh, strong meta mystique stuff. And this, I will definitely link in the show notes because, I mean, this is a game you probably just got to watch. I did get to watch on stream after the effect, which, which was great. Professional Casual covered this event very well, and uh, they did a really good job streaming you guys' game here. But what were your thoughts, turn zero, this game, and how did this game go? So, I, first of all, you guys have to go watch this game. Like, yeah, this you is, have to. I think, I think this is one of the most exciting games of mcp like recorded on film like i think it's It's what you want for a finals game right yeah absolutely you want this close of a game and both you guys making great plays yeah i mean i didn't i i would have loved to (laughs) to (laughs) steamroll andrew but he did a very good job of preventing me from doing that yeah and (laughs) (laughs) i was actually like really sad about this matchup because i saw brotherhood and then yeah it, it wasn't until like an you know, like 10, 20 minutes before the game actually started that I realized he didn't have Magneto and didn't have Refraction. And so probably wasn't going to play Brotherhood. Yeah. He does a really clever thing. So his list ends up being Sam, Hulk, Juggernaut, Luke. And one of the things that uh, Shield is really good at is taking one big boy off the table. Once you put a second one there, I like don't really have the output to consistently put both down, especially if you play them cagey in a way where like, you can manage which one I'm damaging. Right. Right. So he does like a lot of in out plays with juggernaut and Hulk, like two tapping stuff, throwing stuff, jumping out. And this game boils down to like, it's very close the whole time he's leading on points and I'm relying on the shield leadership to keep me relevant. And, uh, I essentially Hulk has seven hit points left. I have to kill Hulk to win the game. Yep. Uh, I felt really good about it uh, going into the turn and I like moved a bunch of my stuff around with the commandos. I like spent all their power just like undoing all the spider infected moves and like putting my stuff back in the fight and Hulk comes in and just takes dynamo off the table from fall. Mm. Right. Which with only seven health left, isn't like insane. Like it's not nuts that he did that, but there was 10 power sitting on dynamo and that's 10 Helios dice. So all of a sudden this gets pretty dicey. And I empty all my pockets to drop, drop a 20 die Helios onto Hulk. And my, his initial roll is two crits in a wild. And mine is nine uh, successes with uh, two crits. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, this is like, this is not a good opener. But I pick up both my crits to go to 11. And then he picks up both his crits yeah to go to five so and i remember I, tim on the stream <laughs> making note of that like oh my gosh the amount of defense yeah five blocks on three dice is uh not what you want to see when you're putting the game on a single dice roll uh <laughs> you need seven and you're at six yep but <laughs> i have the wild so sweep and clear does one damage to him yep to uh ko hulk which uh essentially like seals the game for me right because then he just basically has juggernaut to do stuff and just kind of get to you and yeah yeah you've got the final points injured sam and something we didn't talk about in that matchup but i mean two big boys luke cage who's a big boy in his own right for a three threat and sam leadership that's just Mm -hmm. a lot of health (laughs) that's just so much health for you to chew through so it's kind of 27 damage to hulk 27 damage hulk that's yeah the the sam leadership and Luke Cage and Heroes for Hire, all this stuff. Yeah. So cool list that he brought that against you, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Not a, it's definitely an uphill battle for you to take that, but you end up taking it. So you played a lot of games this weekend, right? You played, was it 12 total? Is that correct? Oh, 11. But yeah. 11, 11 total. And the only loss you have was to your co-host <laughs> <laughs> on the prelim day where it didn't matter. You guys are both making an end, which is great. And you just go 6-0 in the primary event. Congrats, man. And, you know, Thank rep you. and shield the dark horse, you know, underdog. Definitely shield is in the community's eyes. Clearly you know, they can do it. And obviously you proved to everyone that's the case. And what are your thoughts like after the event and just like, we're going to talk about shield now to close this out, like this coming year, basically, like what, what are your thoughts about shield going forward? I assume you're staying on shield. Absolutely. I don't think I'm like barring them releasing a more denially faction than shield. Okay. Which, uh, probably wouldn't be good for the game for, sh- <laughs> for yeah. at least a faction that's better at stopping you than shield. I think I'm going to stay right here. Like, I don't know. This faction just fits me personally. Like it's very that's nice cool. that the faction's very strong, but uh, I've been riding this for a while. I think I'm going to stay on it. We're actually getting new releases this year. Yep. Literally today as we record this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this weekend, some new releases in our hands. Yeah. Which I did not necessarily expect, which is great, right? It's going to open up shield in different ways. So this being your focus going forward, I mean, what's your plan for this year? Obviously, you'll be a next LVO. I mean, just to take shield to some more qualifiers or? Yeah. So I've got Adepticon coming up. Adepticon is local for me. Uh, Hank puts on quite a show. I think Adepticon is a fantastic convention. I've got to go and defend my laser tag championship. Oh, that rules. Over there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so I'm going to take shield to that. I'm playing around with some stuff and I'm trying out both Spider-Woman and Agent Venom. I don't have very many Spider-Woman games at the time of this, but I have a whole bunch of Agent Venom games and I think he's going to supplant Rhino in that he kind of does similar stuff to, or he helps solve the X-Men matchup and the wide matchup. He's not quite as good at flips, but he's higher output, quote unquote. Right. And can play all the shield cards, which is nice. Yeah, that's, I mean... He's got some mobility too, which obviously we're talking about shield lacking. And obviously one of the reasons you're bringing Rhino, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on like Spider-Woman on Jessica? Like, do you think we're going to be at a point where she's like an essential shield piece in certain matchups? Or do you think, you know, cause I, to me, she feels less plug and play in the kind of wide shield play style. So it's like, what is she fulfilling? I mean, she's got a lot of cool stuff on her kit. So this is uh, the hottest of takes and, you know, like I reserve the right to walk this back, but uh splish splash, this model's trash. I think, I don't think you play this model at all in shield. I don't think she does anything we want. I think four threat is so hard to get into a shield model. Like the That's fourth the threat has to be part, so, Yeah. 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 The fourth threat has to be so good because you're competing with not only Crimson Dynamo and new agent Venom who are like really strong at their specific thing. Right. But also, like, I think that my favorite four threat in the game is just playing Black Widow and Bullseye together. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, and this is all through a shield lens, what you're talking about here, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. I, I actually think she's going to be a big deal for Web Warriors. Yeah, definitely. Now, shield does a lot of things for Spider-Woman in that, like, the leadership, like, yeah. being able to, like, let her walk back into martial artist range. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think like will really heavily increase her durability. But again, I play shield largely on the other half of the leadership. Right. Now I later this year, if like we get more releases, let's say that are more in the vein of spider woman and we could like suddenly audible, like if there's a new leader released that 
you know, plays the extract game really well. And we could audible to just being like a grab and run team. I think this model could see play, but right now I don't think she hits attrition hard enough. And, uh, she isn't like a doctor voodoo level character that can just like win a scenario by herself. Sure. She's like four threat miles is kind of how I look at her. Yeah. Yeah. She's like a cool miles black widow Mm -hmm. thing going on. And yeah, I would love to see shield get some more spy stuff in the future. I mean, the gun line's a blast. The defensive gun line puzzle is what I call it as a blast, but Mm -hmm. The, I mean, in canon and lore, I mean, a lot of the cool spy stuff would be interesting to see if they bring that into the game. Yeah, obviously Jessica would fit right into a team like that. But yeah, Agent Venom seems like he adds everything <laughs> that we already like. So just curious on your thoughts on that. And obviously there could be releases that aren't even shield related that could shore up some shield things. I mean, are is Luke Cage leaving your list anytime soon or is he just staying? So the models that are like on the bubble for me are... Cage, Hawkeye, which hurts me. I love Hawkeye so much. Yeah. But yeah. Cage, Hawkeye, Rhino just left. So sure. Agent Venom's probably technically still bubble, but those are like the three places I would cut from. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. I played a lot of Red Guardian in the fall. Mm-hmm. I guess kind of like what would be in your Luke Cage spot because that yeah. was his role. And obviously he came out on Scoundrels and stuff like that too, if that got pulled on me. And um, he was really fun. I mean, it was kind of cool to have a tanky guy that actually contributed to the gun line, you know, with his shields. But yeah, I think it's like, choose your flavor for that spot. Cause like you said, most of the time you're, you're kind of setting your list a certain way and it's just a lot of guns. And so people can take that, those flex spots any way they want. So I'm just curious what it's going to look like for us this year as shield players and where those end up, because once again, we don't know what's coming out <laughs> for the game. Yeah. So there totally could be just an unaffiliated model that helps us. Yeah, absolutely. Like something that is just like a monster on flips. Sure. And maybe there's an argument that I should be playing something like Juggernaut for the X-Men matchup. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because he's like fast, good at flips. A lot of their like X-Men really hate size four. So like that's a thing I should play around with. I think there's probably a viable build of shield with Thanos. Yeah. I just have a hard time giving up eight points of guns. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, you just talked about Widow and Bullseye being a four threat (laughs) (laughs) spider woman. So yeah, let's, let's get to eight threat. Yeah. It's, it's high. It's very high, but like Thanos is very strong. I don't know. Like if I wanted to try out Thanos, I would try power mind. And then I would also try cutting brace and play like space mind. Yeah. Yeah. And see if like that could work. Just denial. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I do leave brace at home quite a bit. Yeah. But feels really good when you need it. <laughs> so yeah, it sure does. Like, especially shield. Like it's, I, I feel like there's been a lot of talk lately about brace, not being quite as good as some of the other restricted cards. And that's strange. <laughs> uh, I think it's that, I think that comes a lot from playing against players that, so a lot of people saying that are like the players that are on like, follow me sacrifice. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Or like are on follow me patch up. And then they're also seeing people just play brace for value. Brace should be used to protect an activation, to guarantee you get to activate a model. That's what it's for. Very good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's just, it's too powerful in that way, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because you have information, right? Like you have perfect information of what's going to take your model off where they go. So yeah, I agree. I agree there completely. Well, I mean, there's a lot of cool ways that Shield can go this year. And I mean, I'm sure you will be doing lots of content on it. And maybe we'll have you back later in the year. We can kind of discuss some what happened to Shield this year, you know? Um, Very exciting. But uh, 
yeah i mean once again congrats on your win uh congrats on everything you're probably gonna do this year on your channel and stuff i hope more people find your content um because you've been championing shield since the beginning which has been very helpful for me someone who's played a lot of shield this year and if this is your faction man it's just awesome that you're just going to be repping it because i mean i feel like it's always good to have people in the community doing that you know it's tough because mcp we always there's always fun stuff we could play potentially i'm still got my eye on hydra for fun you know not as a primary team but just as for fun and i just haven't had the time to play them because i was waiting for them to be all fully painted you know but there's only so much time in the day (laughs) so but with that all said vince we will basically hopefully be touching base on with you again soon and more shield content from you coming in the future i assume uh yeah absolutely more all kinds of fun content uh on my channel definitely go check out vincent kirkov on youtube Furious Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Furious Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Furious Finest and joining our community. You can find us online on Twitter at Furious Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Furious Finest. And email us at FuriousFinest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. Of course, thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And anytime you can subscribe or give the show a review or something, it really helps us out. You can, of course, find me online at Jesse Aiken everywhere, any social media, Longshanks, all that. Vince, where can everyone find you and your shows? Absolutely. You can find them on YouTube, Vincent Kirkov, C-U-R-K-O-V. You can also just search for Run the Length. That's one of the easiest way to find me. I am also on Alfredo Size 3 Taco Truck, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast, which you can also find at strictlythewurst.libsyn.com. And lastly, I run a large 64-player Marvel Crisis Protocol tournament every year. For information on that, go to secondwindchicago.com. That is absolutely right. And that is um, very high on Chris and I's travel list this year. Um you guys should come out. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, man. Just go straight up. Uh, you know, we're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Just go straight up to you guys in Chicago. <laughs> and uh, Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the entire United States. I always roll up to these events like last minute because uh, I have a very demanding job and I'm a dad. But it's like to to get there early would be ideal. <laughs> get some rest off and get some hangs with you guys. So um, hopefully we get to do that and we'll cover that on this show. Very show. So, of course, I will link all this stuff that Vince has said audibly um, in the show notes for you guys to find all this stuff. Great content, especially if you want to pursue S.H.I.E.L.D. And then, of course, Taco Truck. I mean, Vince, you're one of many on that cast and all you guys bring different expertise, perspectives, everything on that, which is great. And you guys are doing like other content. Like I really enjoyed you guys as like hot ones, you know, (laughs) you know, just like side content like that, you know. And I love spicy stuff, so I'd be totally down to do like anything like that. So when I see people do that, I'm like, okay, respect, you know, because it's, it's I know it's not easy. <laughs> so, but we really appreciate you coming on the show, Vince, and talking Shield and kind of like your journey of Shield the last year. Uh, I hope this could be a resource to people in the future too. They can kind of just like use this um, to track your journey. And yeah, maybe you and I will return to this in the future and see what's changed. I mean, if we were like completely wrong or completely right or whatever, you know, uh, maybe Spider Woman's just running this game in Shield, you know, a year from now. You know, you never know. So, but until next time, thanks for listening. True believers. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 